who replaces him? I would have said Melvin Gordon, but he fumbled again. And it wasn't just a fumble, John. It was the fumble six. It was like this. It's just like that's Melvin Gordon's thing. He loves to do the fumble six. These fumbles that end up in a touchdown for the other team. It's just so bad. Man, for a struggling Broncos offense, they did not need Javante Williams going down. Is it going to be Melvin Gordon? Is it going to be somebody else? We're going to get into that here in depth coming right up. But first and foremost, it's the Broncos Wire podcast. Welcome into the show. Just a quick note that you can support us by hitting the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. We're all over the place. Just search the Broncos Wire. We appreciate you for hopping on board. Ryan O'Leary here, joined by John Heath of USA Today's Broncos Wire. John, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, but the Broncos are not doing so good right now. No, they're not. No, let's just jump right into it. John, with the worst news ever, Javante Williams is out for the year. Uh, just multiple tears in his knee, including the ACL. He's going to miss the rest of the year, obviously. Um, you know, hopefully he's ready for the beginning of 2023. We'll see. You know, I always hate it when when teams come out and say, oh, yeah, he'll be back ready for next year. You don't know. You never know how these rehabs are going to go. Every injury is different. So we really won't know the timeline with Williams for a while. Uh, but just horrible news for Denver's offense, which really maybe we could say made some strides in this game against the Raiders, John, even in a losing effort. But still, it's not like the Denver's offense has been clicking all season through these first four games. This is a big blow. Uh, just a guy that looks like a stud. Looks like he was going to help you in the passing game, especially. And to not have Javante Williams for the year, given what they have behind him, which we're going to get into, um, is really devastating for the Broncos and, and Broncos country. Yeah, I think everybody would say he's definitely the team's best running back. And this year, statistically, because Wilson loves to dump it down so much, he was the team's second leading receiver before he got hurt. So it's like, not that he's Christian McCaffrey, but he almost had almost like a Christian McCaffrey level involvement. Like, He's your best runner, and also one of your best receivers. Like that, that's just a huge blow. And like you said about the details of the injury, not only the ACL but the LCL. And we kind of, or at least I kind of, take for granted guys tearing their ACLs and coming back because it seems like it happens all the time in the NFL. It kind of seems like it's normal and what's standard, but like that doesn't always happen, especially when it's your ACL and your LCL. Like that's a complicated injury, and like you just have to hope. The surgery goes well. You have to hope the recovery for him goes well. But it, like it's going to be a long road for him. And because we're a couple weeks in the season, like you said, there's no guarantee that he's going to be ready week one next year. So like it's a huge bummer for the Broncos and Broncos fans for this very season. But I'm also like a little worried for Williams. Like I hope he's just able to recover this not just for next year, but just for his career. And, like, forget week one. Like, I just hope he's able to get back to the level he was. Because some guys like Todd Gurley, when he tore up his knee, he, he played a couple years after that, but he was never the same. And, like, Broncos fans definitely remember Terrell Davis tearing up his knee, and he was never the same. And so you really, really hope that that's not the case with Javante and that he's going to be able to bounce back from this and come back from it. But in the meantime, the football season goes on and the Broncos, they have to move forward. And it's going to be really curious to see how they handle this running back rotation without him because it kind of seemed like on Sunday he was starting to become that workhorse guy that we expected him to be going into the year because Melvin Gordon didn't get his first carry until late in the second quarter. And he did have a little bit of a neck injury. He was limited in two days in practice last week. So I don't know if maybe that was part of it. 
but I kind of got the impression. I was kind of like, okay, like we're about to start this Javante Williams train. And then he goes down with an injury and is out the whole rest of the year. So it's a real bummer. And it's going to be so interesting to see what they do now in the backfield. Yeah, it sucks. Um, it, it just sucks. And now we have to, you know, we have to do our jobs on the show, John. We can't sob here the whole show, even though we are all very upset that we don't get to watch Javante Williams play football. And but to your point, you know, you see it all the time. I think Saquon Barkley is finally getting back to form, you know, from what we saw early in his career, but it took him a few years to get back. So when is Javante Williams going to be full speed again and, and feeling like himself? Who the hell knows? So that hurts. That sucks. But we now have to move on and say, who replaces him, right? He was definitely the, the number one running back. Who replaces him? I would have said Melvin Gordon, but he fumbled again. And it wasn't just a fumble, John. It was the fumble six. It was like this. It's just like that's Melvin Gordon's thing. He loves to do the fumble six. These fumbles that end up in a touchdown for the other team. It's just so bad. Uh, you said in our notes here, fifth fumble in a five game stretch. I know it was his fourth fumble this season. It's not good. It's not good at all. Uh, and I know Broncos country looking on social media, John, they are just done with them. Like during the game, they were like, we don't want to see a lot of people were tweeting. I don't want to see Melvin Gordon with another carry. Well, unfortunately, it looks like that's not going to be the case because Melvin Gordon is now your new number one running back, isn't he? Yeah, I, I certainly think so. Like the coaches have been talking as if he's going to be. And with Gordon, like I'm frustrated about it, too, especially in the moment on Sunday. It's like, oh, my goodness, yet again. But, like, there's been so much, like, hate directed at him. And like you said, when you don't perform, you deserve to be criticized because this is a reoccurring problem for me. Fumbles so much. But just the level of anger the fans had, like, coming into the podcast, I was like, we don't need to rehash the anger and, like, Gordon, like, this keeps happening. Like, everybody knows. There's, there's nothing left to say about Gordon's fumbles. I, I kind of want to take a little bit of a positive approach, not to downplay it, but like I did appreciate that Melvin Gordon, he went to the media after the game and he took flack for his fumbles and yep. and he, he went up there and, and he did that whole thing. And I just appreciate that. And he's kind of done that throughout his career. And like, yeah, it's a problem that the fumbles keep coming up, but I appreciate that he at least faces the music about it. And like the coaches have said this too. It's not like he wants to fumble. Like, I'm sure he's so angry at himself. Like, it's hard for fans to believe this, but I'm sure he's much angrier about him fumbling than fans are. Like, like it's his job. It's his livelihood. Like, he cares about it more than any of us do. It's not like he's trying to do it. And, and like, it's a problem. But I really think this week he is so motivated. Everybody's so mad at him, and he's taking so much heat. And like I said, it deserve you deserve to be criticized for when you perform that poorly. But I think just all that happening and on a short week and now Javante's down, so they got to count on him. I really think we could see a bounce back game for Melvin Gordon this week. I think he's going to run hard. I definitely think he's going to put two hands on the ball. Like I think he's going to be protecting that thing. And I think he's always had a nose for the end zone. I won't be surprised if we see him get a couple touchdowns this week. I think that would be huge for his confidence. I think that's what he needs. And I think the coaches know that's what they need, what he needs. Because they've been talking to Daniel Hackett, Justin Outen, the offensive coordinator, talking like he's the guy, he's going to lead them. And uh, and like they've, they've said that, you know, the fumbles are bad and you can't put the ball on the ground. They've, they've said all that. Everybody knows that. But they're also, they've been backing him. And Russell Wilson, he's like a motivational speaker telling Gordon, like, uh, these lists of great running backs who, threw, who fumbled the ball and these lists of great quarterbacks who intercepted the ball. 
And and Wilson's just like, you know, the mistakes happen. It's how you rebound from them. You gotta you gotta make up for it. You know, bounce back. Don't don't get that in your head and be thinking about it and dwelling on it because then you're gonna do it again. Just move on from it and you know play better. And I think that's that's obviously his goal for Thursday. And I really think we see it happen. Yeah, I was mentioning what I was seeing on social media from members of Broncos country on Twitter. I know that's not the entire fan base, but those on Twitter were tweeting that they're they're done with Melvin Gordon. That was probably before Javante Williams got hurt. John, now they have to serve. No, no, no. We we still like you, Melvin. We're going to give you one more chance because, you know, I'm going to ask you about uh, Mike Boone here coming up, but the, the Saints, I mean, I'm sorry, Denver also plucking Latavius Murray off the Saints practice squad. I know you have a thought on that as well, John, but just, you know, Broncos fans that could care less and they're like I don't care if it's Montreal Washington who looks pretty good like if he's the running back like we got to figure something out here um and they're done with Melvin Gordon I just listening to the head coach here's just a snippet of of what Hackett said at his presser here recently he said quote he's part of our team and we love the guy he knows there was a mishap right there it's a great opportunity for him to get back out on the field and prove himself we're excited to be part of it and put him in great positions to make plays does that sound like a guy who's getting benched, John, for fumbling for a touchdown? Exactly. No. So Melvin Gordon is going to yeah. be the guy. The question is, you know, how are these touches going to be divvied out? Uh, Latavius Murray, an interesting little pickup for Denver. He played pretty well in London. He's kind of a veteran guy that's been around. For a player that you got off a practice squad, usually you don't get a player as good and seasoned as Latavius Murray. I mean, that guy's a pro. He's been around. I mean, I don't think he's great or anything, John, but you could do a lot worse than Latavius Murray as a backup running back. So what do you think about oh, that yeah. pickup? Yeah, he's very capable. Like you said, he rushed 11 times for 57 yards and a touchdown in London. And th- for this week specifically coming back from London, it's kind of a short turnaround if he's active on Thursday. Maybe he'll be involved a little bit, but I don't think they're going to lean on him after coming back overseas and having a short week. So this week, I don't think he'll be very involved, but I think going forward, he's a real nice guy to have. And, you know, one thing that's very nice about him and very topical is that he's fumbled just nine times in like 1,300 carries. And Gordon has fumbled 25 times in like 1,500 carries. So Gordon, he does have like 200 more carries, but his fumble rate is just so much higher. So I I do think the Broncos are going to lean on Gordon this week, and I think they're going to back him and they want him to bounce back. But if he just, like, the yips, and, like, this week he fumbles again, and then after they come back, they get, like, a little mini bye because they put on Monday Night Football after this Thursday night game. If they come back, and after that he fumbles again, it's just like, okay, like, this is, like, then I could see them maybe going to Latavius Murray. Because, like you said, maybe he's not super flashy, but he's very capable. He's a competent running back. He's been in the league for a while. He's been productive. And I think, ideally... They don't want to lean on him, but like you said, to get someone like that poached off a practice squad, that's a real nice deal. One more player I wanted to ask you about. We were going to get to our fantasy football minute here from the huddle.com, John. Um, Mike Boone. Okay, so I I play in this dynasty fantasy league, very deep roster, super flex. Like you never really see guys on the waivers that you can pick up to help your team. Like we have the bidding in our league and I... I never really bid on anyone because there's no one to bid on ever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it's hard to find guys that can help you on the waiver wire throughout the season until the off season with the rookies and all that stuff. So Mike Boone is available. He's been a hot ad, you know, in terms of just the number of ads he's gotten overall in fantasy because people are picking up, presuming that he might get some, some run. So what do you think about Mike Boone? Do you believe 
do you believe Hackett when he's basically saying, nope, Melvin Gordon's our guy? Do you think there'll be more run for Mike Boone? I can't stop thinking about the drop he had at the end of the game on that fourth down throw for yeah. Wilson where he was wide yep. open. And he just dropped it. Yep. So I can't get that out of my mind, so I'm hesitating to pick him up. But what do you think? Is he a guy worth worth adding in fantasy? Is he a guy that could help the Broncos in reality? Is he going to get more run? What do you think? Yeah, I think in typical leagues, I wouldn't really pick him up. If it's a very deep league like you're describing, I might take a flyer on him if I have a roster spot, if it's a deep league. But I think just in most cases, I don't think I would pick him up, and it's in part because they picked up Latavius Murray. I was really curious to see what kind of running back they got because if they got like basically what Mike Boone was when they signed him, like a third-string running back from another team who's a key special teamer, if they got someone like that, then I would have said, okay, now Mike Boone is the new number two, and this new guy is the key special teams player who's very limited role on offense. But instead, they brought in Latavius Murray, who's an old veteran, and like he was productive on Sunday, but he's an old guy. He's not covering kickoffs. He's not covering punts. Latavius Murray has nothing to do with special teams. And so that tells me Mike Boone is going to remain very involved in special teams. So by default, because he's such a key guy on special teams and Gordon and Murray are not going to be doing that. That means the Broncos, they need Boone for special teams and he's not going to have much of a role on offense. I think Melvin Gordon is going to become the new starter, I think. And I think Murray is going to become the change of pace and Boone, like when he's gotten opportunities, at least running the ball, he's been pretty good. So he might get mixed in a little bit, but I really think they like him so much on special teams. And I think because Murray, just because he can't, do like the special teams role he's got to be the number two running back basically so that keeps Boone as the number three guy and that really limits his value in fantasy okay so I hear you so if you're picking up a Broncos running back not named Melvin Gordon it should probably be uh Latavius Murray Latavius Murray might get you more yards even that even that I think would just be a flyer Mm -hmm. unless like something happens to Melvin Gordon I don't think Murray's gonna have a huge role unless again like I said if Gordon just can't stop his fumbling then maybe but I think for now Gordon is the guy and he's probably rostered and so I mean it's a shame that it happened in real life but in fantasy if you have Melvin Gordon this Javante Williams situation Melvin Gordon's stock just went way up put him in your lineups put Melvin Gordon in your lineups maybe Corey Bonini's putting Melvin Gordon in his lineup this week we'll find out here's Corey from the huddle.com he's going to get us set John and I will be right back this is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. The first month of the fantasy football season is now behind us. I'm Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number five. Quarterback Derek Carr, Las Vegas Raiders at Kansas City Chiefs. The Raiders put their backs against the wall with an 0-3 start. And if they have any chance of keeping in the mix for the AFC West, it begins with beating Kansas City on Monday night. The Chiefs have allowed 2.5 touchdown passes per game thus far, which is tied for the most in football. Only 1 in 175 attempts has been intercepted, and just 4 teams have given up more yards through the air to the position. This matchup is 23.4% easier than the league average, and Carr has the weapons to get the job done. Running back Ramondre Stevenson versus the Detroit Lions. This matchup is tremendous for success on the ground, and the Patriots are in line to lean heavily on the rushing attack if quarterback Bailey Zappi ends up starting. Detroit is granted a rushing score every 11 attempts, which is the highest frequency by more than 5 carries. 8 times a running back has carried the rock 
walk into the end zone. And the 116.8 ground yards per game sits as the sixth highest figure in football. Stevenson makes for a quality start in any fantasy setting. Baltimore Ravens wide receiver Devin DuVernay versus the Cincinnati Bengals. He was targeted a season high five times last week, catching four for 51, but he failed to score a touchdown for the first time in 2022 if you include a special teams TD in the mix. He has at least 6.2 PPR points in each game, and that's if you remove the touchdown, and the vertical threat is worthy of a gamble in deep leagues. The Bengals haven't given up much to receivers in 2022, but the Ravens are one of the most explosive offenses, and five different receivers have posted at least 12 PPR points against the Bengals this season. Tight end Tyler Conklin, New York Jets versus Miami Dolphins. The big question surrounding Conklin entering week four was what kind of involvement would he see with Zach Wilson returning to the lineup. All things considered, the former Viking was targeted enough to keep him relevant. His five looks produced three catches for 52 yards. Not exactly what you want to see, but it's not like he went from eight looks per game under Joe Flacco down to two. One aspect worth noting is the yards per reception went up, including the average depth of target going from 2.8 to 8 under Wilson. More importantly, Miami has surrendered crazy volume to tight ends in 2022, ranking as the easiest opponent for catches and number three for yardage generated. While only one in every 15 completions has found the end zone, there's plenty of PPR upside to chase here. For more award-winning tips, news, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back. We're turning our focus to the defense now, John. Uh, I was a little disappointed in the defense. Not going to lie in this game. Just thought on a night where you really could use a stop against the Raiders and that Raiders offense that really wasn't playing that well and Josh McDaniels especially. Can you get a stop there at the end of the game? Huh, man, really brutal there at the end. But we have some bad news on the injury front on defense too, right? Randy Gregory is going to miss several weeks. He's going to have surgery. Not good news, right? Just like, I guess the good news is it's not season ending. It sounds like he will be back. Yep. But Randy Gregory was a kind of a good little signing. He was getting a lot of pressure there for you, kind of helping that helping the defense out. What happens without Randy Gregory here over the next two to six weeks? Yeah, like you said, the good news is he didn't like tear his ACL like uh, Williams did. But he's apparently going to miss two to six weeks depending on, well, that's what his recovery timeline would be, two to six weeks depending on the surgery and how he reacts to that. But they place him on injured reserve, so he has to sit out. He's required to sit out at least four games. So even in the absolute best-case scenario, if he was ready to go after two weeks, he would have to sit out four weeks. So really, it's four to six weeks is probably what his timeline is looking at. And like you said, it's a bummer because they gave him a big money deal this offseason, but they do have someone in Baron Browning who they really, really like. And he's the guy that's going to step up and start across from Bradley Chubb and Browning. They drafted him in the third round last year out of Ohio State. And at Ohio State, he kind of moved all over the place. And when he got to Denver initially, they were going to have him be an outside linebacker. But they had so many injuries on the inside, he ended up playing as an inside linebacker. And so I, we talked about this in the spring. I thought Browning was going to be one of their starting inside linebackers this year. And then they moved him to the edge when they were thin at inside linebacker. And I was like, why would you do that? And they did it because they think he has so much potential as a pass rusher. They really, really like him as a pass rusher. And we hadn't really seen it 
through the first first four games this year because Chubb and Gregory are the two starters and the two primary guys. So we haven't really seen it for Browning this year. But in preseason, he did look really sharp. And he's not Von Miller. He's not Von Miller. He's not Von Miller. I'm saying that. But there was a play in preseason where he dipped under the tackle and like it looked so much like Von Miller. Like oh, it was like Von move? Miller ghost move. Yeah, it was like his signature dip move. And I was like, man, that like just seeing that, it's like, yeah, he's an edge rusher. He is not an inside linebacker. So he's super, super promising. He hasn't proved it yet in the regular season, but we've seen in preseason and the Broncos obviously saw in practice, he has potential. So he's somebody that they really like. And for at least four weeks now, he's going to have an opportunity to step up and prove it. And they also just this year in the second round of the draft, they drafted Nick Bonito. And he hasn't really played much at all to begin the season. And some people, some fans, I think are a little alarmed about that because he's a second round pick. But, you know, the depth chart was kind of stacked at the beginning of the year with Chubb and Gregory and how much they like Browning. Like, you don't need your fourth string pass rusher to play a ton. But now, He's going to be bumped up to, you know, he could be the third string guy. So I think he's going to get more snaps and you hope he gets to take advantage of them. Yeah, Joe, I'm interested to see more of Nick Benito. I mean, again, he is he is famous for blocking John Heath on Twitter, right? John, is that still the case? Are you still blocked? <laughs> I haven't checked, but I assume so. He blocked a ton of people. I think he just wants to literally block out the noise. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's that's all we know about Nick Benito. It would be nice to see him get more run. But again, I'm 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 with you. I'm watching Baron Browning. I think I think he's got an opportunity here. And then again, let's get Gregory back and play some better defense. I don't know, John. You probably pinned this one. What, what do you pin this one on? Right? You didn't want to pin this one on Russell Wilson when we talked before the show, right? You feel like the offense is starting to click a little bit, and maybe you get a stop maybe at the end of the game to help the offense out. Maybe Russell Wilson goes in and wins that one for you. Yeah, the, the thing about the defense is through the first three weeks, they were phenomenal and their numbers were phenomenal and we were all hyped up about them, but they didn't play anyone in the first three weeks. Like the first three offenses were terrible. And then uh, against the Raiders with the game on the line, you know, just get the ball back. You can go down the field and score and win the game uh, at least like two times in the fourth quarter. That was the scenario. And the defense just couldn't get a stop. The Raiders just ran it down their throat. And it's kind of alarming because they brought in DJ Jones to plug up the middle of the defensive line. He was supposed to be a huge help in the run game. Josie Jewell, he missed the first few games of the season with an injury. And when he comes back in, you're like, okay, now inside linebackers fixed. And still the Raiders just ran right down their throat. So that's, it's really concerning, but you know, maybe it's something that they'll get patched up this week. I don't know if the Raiders just did something absolutely right. And it was just a one-off bad game for the Broncos and they're going to get back on track. But yeah, I I agree with you that I'm not pinning this game on Russell Wilson. I know he's kind of become a meme. And and for his corniness and stuff, I get it. But for on-field production, people saying like, oh, the Broncos should have traded for Geno Smith and and doing all these jokes. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, Russell Wilson has not been the problem. Like, yeah, he wasn't perfect the first three weeks. The whole offense was kind of a mess the first three weeks. But I really thought on Sunday, they clicked a lot more. The operation was a lot more smooth. Plays were getting in well. Wilson, he threw really two really nice touchdown passes. And then the fourth quarter, he ran for that gutty touchdown. And he made it a two-point game. And again, it's like, okay, defense gets the ball back. We're down by two points. We can go kick a field goal and win the game. And they couldn't do that. So I, I was very pleased with how Wilson played. And, and again, it wasn't perfect. But I thought it was more others letting him down. Like you mentioned the Mike Boom drop. 
that was real frustrating. And, and that's another thing, just backing up on Mike Boone again with a running back. Like, if he was going to be, like, say, last year, uh, Melvin Gordon was the primary guy and Javante Williams was, like, the change-up receiving back. If that was going to be the pace, like, if now Melvin Gordon was going to be the feature guy and Mike Boone was going to be, like, the Javante Williams receiving back, he had a very, very poor audition against the Raiders because Wilson targeted him another time and Boone just, he didn't get his head around quick enough. And like, it wasn't in a perfect pass, but it was the kind of pass that you think Javante Williams, he's going to run out, turn around real quick, reach his hand out, and then make a couple guys miss and turn that into a big play. Like we've seen a lot of times this season, Williams just being alert with a dump off and making something happen. And Boone couldn't do that. And then in the fourth quarter, like, the Broncos, they were unlikely to come back. But, you know, there was still time on the clock. They had the ball. They had a chance. As fourth down, Russell Wilson scrambles, keeps it alive, finds Boone wide open down the field, and he just flat out drops it. So that it's kind of like, yeah, Boone, he's probably not going to be the receiving guy for them. And, you know, other receivers, they were dropping too. So, yeah, the offense is still working through some stuff, but I do think it was better on Sunday. And I definitely don't put the loss on Russell Wilson. And you know, it's weird because the first three games, we we're so excited about the defense. Now the defense is kind of a little bit of a concern for me. I'm very curious to see how they're going to do against Indianapolis. Broncos, Colts, short week. Let's shake this one off and get back at it at home. The Broncos are favored. We'll tell you by how much to make a pick right after this. This is the typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. Hello, everyone. This is Nathan with the Bet Slippin' Podcast. Be sure to check us and our sportsbook writer, Tipico, out. All odds are provided by our friends at Tipico. Tipico Sportsbook is a global betting leader. New users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply 21 plus. See the site for details. So the Raiders and Chiefs have Monday night football. The Raiders are plus seven and are starting to figure things out offensively, rushing for over 200 yards against Denver. They have a couple elite offensive playmakers, and the Chiefs' opponent's completion percentage is the second worst in the league at just over 70%. In both games, the Chiefs have played outside of a two-score finish. No opposing rusher has had over 30 yards on their own. The Raiders should look much better and should be able to hold this within a touchdown. Give me Las Vegas plus seven. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, John, you ready for some Thursday night football? Denver, three-and-a-half-point home favorites against the Colts who might have Jonathan Taylor, their best player. He's got an ankle injury, I think he said, a few hours before we started recording tonight. He's talking on a Tuesday here that he was not sure if he'll be able to go. He's planning to play, but he doesn't know if his ankle will be ready. I think that's going to come right up to game time. John, I know you like Denver in this one, right? I'll save my pick. Tell me tell me why you like Denver this game before I give you my take. Yeah, in my sports weekly preview, I picked them to win by seven. So I, I have to stand by that when I wrote it. But I just think, uh, I think they're going to bounce back. I think the offense looked better this last week. So I think that will carry over. And I think the defense, their number one job this week, if Jonathan Taylor plays, is to shut down Jonathan Taylor. And I, I personally think it's very iffy that he plays. Because when you have a star running back that good, 
and he messes up his ankle, like the last thing you want to do is put him out on a short week and it gets re-aggravated. And then you're looking at like a three, four week injury instead of him just missing this one game. And then next week he can come back for the Colts. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he will play. But even if he does play, I have a feeling he'd probably be a little limited because he's not going to be 100% by the game. So I'm, I'm kind of doubting Taylor's going to play. And I think if he doesn't play, then I think that basically takes away the Colts' entire offense. I, I don't think Matt, their, their offense has been doing well that great this year. I think Pat Sertan has been an absolute stud for the Broncos' defense locking down opposing number one receivers so I think he's going to get that locked up I think the run defense if they don't got Jonathan Taylor I think they're going to bounce back this week and I think the offense is trending in the right direction so I am backing the Broncos to win this game yeah John we're, we're never wrong right I know you said yeah I could be wrong we're never wrong last week we were ranting and raving how are the Broncos underdogs against the, the Vegas Raiders so I guess we found out why <laughs> uh but yeah no I'm with you I'm with you I like the I like the Broncos I like the Broncos a lot because they're back home um, especially on the short week, the home team on these Thursday night games, that's usually a nice advantage for you. And as you said, with the with the following game being on a Monday night, this is a big advantage for the Broncos. If they can win this game, you get a chance to like rest up and get some things right, work on you for a while, for what, 10 days, or whatever it is they get off between games, 11, whatever it is. Um, so that's good. I think it's a big advantage being home especially against Matt Ryan, who's been freaking terrible all year, John, in his first season with the Colts, but especially on the road, he's been horrible. And the Broncos are actually, they're 2-0 and at home. I think their defense has a little bit more juice at home. I just think they're a better team at home right now, which makes sense. It makes sense when you have all these new pieces trying to come together on the fly, like the Broncos are trying to do. When you're at home, it's a good thing. So I think all of those things kind of work in Denver's favor here. Put on the Jonathan Taylor stuff that you were just talking about, his ankle, and I think Denver is uh, a pretty good bet at three and a half. So um, I think I've been picking against Denver most weeks. Not this week. I think this is a good spot for Denver to uh, to get another win at home and get back over 500. All right, Ryan. Broncos fans are going to appreciate your support. <laughs> Broncos you fans rejoice for a change. Things are looking good when Ryan's on board. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you would think I would be more agreeable for the Broncos since the Drew Locke days uh, are over and we now have Russell Wilson. But it's just, it just hasn't, it's like, what you, it, what you it's dream it's going to look like start. and what the reality is. You know, you put the split screen. Here's what we dreamed in the summer and here's reality. And it's just those two things are so different. Uh, but yep. I'm leaving out hope that it will get better. Um, but now it has to get better without Javante Williams. Woof. Woof. I don't like it, John. I don't like it at all. But I think, I think now, side topic, just let Russ cook, man. We're not going to be leaning on the Melvin Gordon run game. Like, it's time to let Russell Wilson be him. Let him air it out, be a pass first team, forget about having the two headed, you know, running back thing like the Packers used to have with Hackett's old team with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Nope, nope. It's time to let Russ cook now, right? I mean, you're a passing team. And I think the best we've seen of him is when it's been that. The game's been on the line in the fourth quarter against the 49ers, the game on the line in the fourth quarter against the Raiders. They didn't pull that out against the Raiders, but Wilson, he's running around making plays finding guys, he's running the ball himself. Like when he just loosens up, just like just go play football. When he just loosens up and goes plays football, makes plays with his legs, that's when he's the most comfortable. That's when he's the most deadly. That's when he would be a pain in the neck to defend. That's that's just the Russell Wilson they gotta find. Like uh, ideally you find it before the fourth quarter, but I understand why it clicks on. Like John Elway was the same way. When the game's on the line, it just natural. It just happens. You just go. So 
Yeah, we may not see that from him from play one, but I think that's something that the Broncos just open it up. Just let him let him cook. I guess is you can't say it any better than that. Just let him go. Yeah, John, you you just you have to be corny when you're talking about Russell Wilson, right? You just have to be. You have to be a little corny when you're talking about Russell Wilson. That's just kind of how it is. You know what? I would like to see them just commit to giving him. I give him the ball and pretend it's the end of the game right from the jump. Come out in a no huddle or something. Get some tempo. Let him do his thing. I don't know. Get the crowd into it. That's what I want to see on a short week. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, enough of this. Like let's establish the run thing. Nope, nope. It's it's his team now. It's got to be so. Yeah, and I am I am stunned when you we brought up that that rushing touchdown he had. I am stunned that he didn't he didn't turn around and hand it to Melvin Gordon John at the goal line, given how that game went. Uh, Melvin Gordon standing right next to Russell Wilson. He's like, I think I'll take this one myself, uh, Melvin. Thank you, but I think we'll we'll see the team have a little bit more faith in Gordon here going forward. They're going to need him. John, quick quick turnaround here. Thursday night football. Have a great weekend after that. How do you spend your weekend when the Broncos aren't playing? Are you like on vacation? Uh, like what goes on hey, for yeah. you? Essentially, it's really nice. You you have a Sunday to actually relax. Yeah, sit, sit around and watch Red Zone. I love that. So yeah, it it's kind of this whole week is crunched up. So that's a little annoying. And then a late night game is a little annoying. But then after that, the weekend is really nice. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the game on Thursday night. And I I do think the Broncos are going to bounce back. I'm with you. So for John Heath, make sure you're checking out his stuff from now till kickoff on Broncos Wire. They're always doing great, always doing great stuff on there. I'm Ryan O'Leary. Again, hit subscribe if you haven't already. Tell a friend if you like the podcast. We really appreciate you. Um, Enjoy Thursday Night Football. John and I will be back next week to break that all down. Catch you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.